Hello. Uh, Hello. This is Two Thumbs Undecided. I am one host, Sam Ferguson. Hello. Oh, hey, I'm Zach Hello. Ferguson, the other one. Uh, and uh, I'm in I'm Pittsburgh man right now. And we're I'm in uh, uh, New York. But today we have a very special guest. Um, a long time I love friend. guests. Yes, uh, long time. This, this guest uh, is a friend that we've had since childhood. Um, since we were, we were, I don't know. I, I don't know. All... His name is, uh, we'll just say his name so he can, he can finally speak. His name is uh, Reed Kimbrough. Welcome on to the show, Reed. Hello, Reed. Well, thank you so much. Good afternoon, guys. It's, uh, it's been a while. Uh, I think you were teenagers when I met you first, you know, uh, in I Pittsburgh. Think we were, I think we were younger so, than, I feel like we were, when did you come to Pittsburgh? I came to Pittsburgh in 2000, let's see, 2006. Uh, was I a teenager I by been, then? I would have uh, been. I don't, carry I don't the know. Two. I would have been 10. And so I would have been, oh, so I yeah. was I was a teenager. I was, well, I was 12. So we were preteens. Yeah. We, we um, didn't, we weren't quite getting the acne yet. But, but uh, I got to, I got to tell you when you're, when you're a teenager in my brain, that's kind of as far, that's, I remember my teenage years much more vividly before preteens. So that's, that's where you meet <laughs> a lot of the people or develop things a lot more. Uh, yes, 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 we met and uh, I think we we bonded over um, Marvel comic books. Mm, very much so that anybody who was anybody, um, no matter where I met them, uh, if you liked comics or had comics, you were my best friend. Still, it kind of st still the same today. If I, yeah, if I hear somebody DC. saying, or DC, DC or Marvel, I mean, but I was much more, uh, I, I, I would ask anybody when I was a teenager. There's hmm. a, yeah. Are you but, more of a Mar Marvel guy or a DC guy, Reed? Oh, definitely a Marvel guy. Really? De definitely why, a Marvel guy. Why I believe so? when, I, when I picked up my first, I picked up my first Spider-Man, uh, my, whole, my whole world changed. My whole world changed. Were you, uh, when, what, what was your first Spider-Man? Do you know, remember what issue it was or what the comic was? It was issue number one. <laughs> no! Wait, so did you, read Amaz did you read Amazing Fantasies 15, the first appearance of Spider-Man? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Having yeah. those Wait, do you have that? Do you have that comic? Probably I, don't, I don't have it. I think I, I think I had a copy of it. I had a box full of comics when I went to college. And, uh, and, and, I, and I left for college in, what, the fall of 69. And, uh, and I never really came back home. <clears throat> so when I joined the military, my mother kept saying, you need to come back and get this box. And I said, I'm, I'm <laughs> coming, Mom. I said, I'm coming, but I can't come right now. And when I finally got back, uh, I was a little bit late. She had given all of my comics, my comic collection, to some neighborhood kids. Somewhere, uh -huh. somebody has my collection, or else they've, They've made a lot of money. I remember you tell, I, you know what? I'm having a flashback to church. This is, this is where we all met each other is um, at the North Hills Church of Christ. And I remember walking down the hall and being like, asking you these questions, like hoping that you could give them to me. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember you, <laughs> you I, this all is our, coming back now. Yes, it was, it was you read and our, our minister, uh, Terry Lafferty, 
who had Amazing Spider-Man number one. I remember specifically, he's, that yeah. was the only comic he had. And I'm like, what did you do with it? And he like just gave it I away. I remember these away. detailed conversations that Zach would have in the car going to church about how he's going to try to convince Reed. <laughs> no, no. Well, it was, it was, it was maybe Reed and also our cousin or what cousin oh. or I have an uncle or cousin who also has a lot of comics, but he's in the Navy and he told me he would never give me the comics. Anyways, oh, um, but just like comic books, um, we are also a big fan of, uh, movies mm. all the three of us so that's also kind of how we connected yes. um, um and yes, that's also yes. how this the show this show is we we talk mostly about movies <laughs> we talk for those just joining the first time first off welcome to the show um we talk about movies mostly but we also talk about all forms of media um but uh yeah and this episode's uh, a special episode for obviously a lot of things are going on right now uh in the world um and uh Reed, can can you say uh your job is a uh, the on linkedin it says you're a gender and racial uh, equity activist is that still accurate well i had to come up with something so um oh, okay um I, I i finally i finally retired two years ago oh really uh, i didn't even I know was that working for the state of georgia but be- yes and oh, and so when we met i was the I was the diversity executive for um, United States Steel Corporation. And, um, and then we moved back to Atlanta. Uh, I joined the, uh, um, the Department of Human Services for the state of Georgia and stayed there for five years as the deputy director of the Division of Child Support Services. Um, so, um, but what I do on the side, sort of in a volunteer capacity and some consulting now, is around uh, diversity, inclusion, leadership, and uh, um, gender and racial equity. So, saw, if you want to call me a, a gender activist, you'd probably be right. I'll start calling you a gender activist then. Read the gender activist. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, um, I saw a very interesting post that explained the difference between equity and equality uh it was it was like um there was uh it was like the thing of a giving tree in which someone was like the tree they were both given the same ladder to like reach up to like the, it was the same artwork of the giving tree and one they were given the same ladder but one had the giving tree leaving leaning closer to one side but they were given the same ladder, like the same size ladder. So they were given the same opportunities, but one just was made easier. But then equity was one, the one that had the tree leaning away from them had a taller ladder. So they were able to reach the, the apple. And I never, I've never really thought of the difference between equity and equality before. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Is that, is that uh, yeah. proper? Is that, does that seem fair? It does seem fair. And, and if you think about fairness and you think about justice, uh, I think that the, the concept of equity becomes clear for you. So mm-hmm. just think about justice. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, before we, we started, sorry to interrupt you again. Uh, we were talking about um, some of the, the groups that you were, uh, that you were meeting 
uh, with. Uh, if you want to talk again about uh, what you were talking about before we started, um, so we can have that, uh, the things that you're doing okay, for volunteer. You, okay, you know. Oh, for volunteer work. Um, yeah. Like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm an active volunteer for uh, an organization called Leadership Atlanta, which is a leadership development program. Uh, each year, um, they select um, up to 80 um, up-and-coming executives uh, in the greater Atlanta area uh, from the areas of law and, and um, banking, finance, uh, state government, uh, city government uh, and corporations uh, and put them through a pretty rigorous 10-month uh, 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 leadership program focusing on uh, issues that challenge the, the greater Atlanta area. Uh, I am uh, a 2005 graduate of Leadership Atlanta and so I have actually actively volunteered in one of the capstone programs which is called uh, Race Day. Um, um, followed by, um, by Education Day, um, uh, Criminal Justice and Public Safety, uh, Power and Influence in Community. Um, so I do that. I've also, um, with, with, uh, with a, uh, a co-collaborator, uh, built a, uh, a program around racial equity uh, for graduates of that program, alumni of that program. And we call that program um, Pursuit of Racial Equity. So that, that takes up a lot of my time. The other thing that takes up a lot of my time now are the two grandkids I have, mm. jo uh, Julian uh, and, and Jackson. Which, which one's the, uh, the oldest, Julian? Ja Jackson, Jackson is Jackson. the oldest. He'll be I remember when he was born. Yeah, he'll be yeah, seven right. next month. <laughs> and Julian is four. Aw. That's, um, a, that's a great age for kids. They, yeah, they can talk, they, really can, they, can, they can have personalities, but they're still, oh, so young, oh, so full of life. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, so full of life, yes, <laughs> yes. But uh, so you're, um, you're uh, still a part of these, uh, these, this group uh, even after retirement? Yes, yes, I am, yes, I am. So right now, although we live in Atlanta, uh, I am um, down in in the southern tip of Alabama on the east shore of the Mobile Bay, a place called uh, Weeks Bay, uh, spending some um, some time just just relaxing and enjoying the the weather and the and the water and uh, and the food. Oh yeah, got a good company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, are there um are there uh, do you, do you have any like of the uh, marches or protests down in uh, like that you've come into contact with in Alabama? Not in Al or Alabama. I haven't seen anything of that nature here in Alabama. No. no. Yeah. I feel like most of it's in um, uh, like major, like more liberal states like um, New York. I mean, the main, I guess the biggest ones are New York City. Minnesota's still going. Um, Would you consider and, Pittsburgh liberal? Pittsburgh's... Um, oh, yeah, Reed, what do you no, say? No, I, no, no, no. You know, you know Pittsburgh's not liberal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like there's definitely 
parts of Pittsburgh that are liberal, but that of course, they're you run into all sorts of uh, sides here in well, Pittsburgh. Uh, Reed, more of the broader question. What it, so what's, what are your thoughts or what's some of your thoughts? And we'll, we'll get into more um, later. We'll, we'll be talking about uh, some of your choices of films that um, you feel represent uh, black lives in America and racism as well. Um, but I, before we get into that, I just want to know your opinion on, or some of your thoughts on what's going on right now. And, um yeah uh, sure sure now i understand you know i don't speak for for all of black people or all oh, of people course, of color yeah. but um um we were just we were just talking about this this weekend matter of fact i was on a call with that group with leadership atlanta uh talking about the particularly this last this last week around the protest and then the subsequent violent uh acts that 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 came out of some of that um and and i told them that that in my estimation uh it feels it feels like uh we have reached in our society a point of shift um some have called it a tipping point uh for for years for decades uh for the last four centuries uh, um we have talked uh about and experienced um, issues relative to race, uh, slavery and the effects of slavery, Jim Crow laws, um, you know, progress, what it looked like, the passage of civil rights legislation, uh, and a move toward a more um, less or a less segregated society. Um, with what has transpired over the past couple of months with uh, in Brunswick and Louisville, Kentucky, and Minneapolis, uh, I think it's galvanized uh, people's attention in a way that it hasn't, not since uh, the 60s when um, people actually saw on TV the images of police dogs and fire hoses being turned on teenagers. Um, and suddenly, everything, the things that they had heard, they, they had found hard to believe. Uh, they could not deny what they were seeing with their eyes. So we can't deny the images of, um, of a man uh, being chased down in a, in a, in a suburban, suburban neighborhood and being gunned down. We can't deny um, the, the images of, of, a, of, a, uh, of a black man uh, losing his life at the at the hands of a law enforcement officer uh, through asphyxiation, um, and and once you see something that you can't deny, uh, it seems to me that you have you your mind has to say, well, that's either that's just or it's not, and if it's not just, you have to ask yourself, why, why would that happen, and why would uh, the forces that be not correct and, and find some accountability around these shocking incidents. Uh, it, it seems unfathomable to know that a, an uh, EMT uh, 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 official would be shot in her own bedroom uh, through a no-knock warrant, um, unjustified, um, it's, it's a sad sort of affair. So for me, 
what has happened, I, I've had conversations with a number of people who have called me um, out of the blue, it seems like. Sometimes, some folks I haven't talked to for a number of years um, to either ask how I was doing or to inquire around uh, how I was doing or to um, give me support relative to uh, some consciousness that had has um, has grown uh, in terms of um, the challenges that I might face as a uh, as an African American male in this society, uh, things that they have struggled to to understand. I think I think it's 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 coupled with uh, the COVID uh, pandemic, where people were um, forced to be at home spending a lot of time at home with their families, uh, having a lot of times on their hands to either work from home or to read from home or to, or to see things differently. They've processed information in such a way that's caused them to make a decision um, around uh, the existence of racism in our, in our society. Now the question becomes, what do they do about it? And that's part of the conversation that we were having today um, through Zoom around how people were feeling. And, and there were various, varying things. Some were um, saddened, some were worried, some were hopeful that now possibly uh, we're in a place where we can actually decide to do something about um, a scourge that impacts us all not just people of color uh, and immigrants, but uh, if you really look at it, it, it impacts us all. And as I look at the films that you asked me to think about, I think about what those mean to me, um, what stories they tell, what narratives that are carried through that, uh, and how it, uh, it uh, um, impacts um, who we are and how we see things. That's a that's a great segue uh, into talking about some of those films. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks for talking about that and saying those things. Um, does it also side note? You were uh, does it feel like the same kind? Does it feel like the same as it was in the '60s, like the civil rights movement in the '60s? Does it feel like the same? Um, uh, does it feel the same? I guess as, it like, feels like an extension. Uh, okay. Now remember, in the '60s, I was I was a teenager, uh, mm. <laughs> and so and plus I was in a military family, and there were times when we weren't even living in the United States. We spent some time mm. in Europe on military installations. Um, so you know, you draw some parallels. I had a friend that uh, texted me and and essentially said, you know, I didn't think that we'd ever get back to where we were in 1968 uh, with protests and and um, um, violence in the streets. And, and that was more connected to the anti-war movement, the anti-Vietnam War movement. But it, if you think about that, if you think about the movement around uh, the peace movement in, in the 60s, there was a point in time when young people took to the streets because they said, this is enough. This is crazy. This doesn't make sense. We should not be over there. Uh, in Vietnam. And so they were spurred to action. 
uh, I, I believe now, um, as I compare the two, uh, the two eras, um, we have seen some unbelievable things happen on our TVs and, and through our computers um, of people being threatened, of people being killed um, in un unbelievable ways. We have seen uh, the divisiveness in our, in our political system. Um, and there used to be a time when, when Americans were known that despite their disagreements, at least they respected other people's opinions and valued free speech and a free press. And we see assaults on both of those uh, now. now. Uh, you know, I'll support free speech as long as I can say what I want to say, but I, I don't support your, 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 your uh, ability to say what you need to say. And if you don't say what I think you should be saying, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to use force against you. I want to control you. Uh, one of the things I have not seen uh, since the 60s is this, 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 this move and, and leaning toward if I don't agree with you and I want you to, I think you should do things one way, I'm gonna force you to do that. I'm gonna force you to believe, you know, one way as opposed to another. Uh, and therefore, you know, I tend to, to reject the, the, the terms liberal and conservative. Um, and I, I wonder when we're gonna get back to an expression of our values, the values that we carry that make us who we are and and ask ourselves if our politics informs our values or if our values inform our politics the, just from what i've seen in the world it does seem that those two terms or those um ideologies what is it liberal and conservative is that terms or ideologies i want to get i want to make sure i'm not those, i don't I guess I say more ideologies ideologies it does seem very you're either that way or or another way um and i i yeah i personally i learned my lesson with that i was having a conversation with somebody and i realized i'm i thought i was completely like a liberal and they're like well what about the way you talk about how to spend money i'm like oh wait that's right so that 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 was a while ago and so it opened my eyes that yeah really it it, sh it shouldn't be everything's liberal and everything's conservative. It, sh it should be about well, I, something I, more than that. I, it, I think it's, it, it speaks a lot to what we value. Do we value human life or do we not value human life? Can mm -hmm. I be, can I be pro-choice uh, around a woman's uh, um, freedom to choose or must I be pro-life? Can I be both? And if I'm pro-life and, you know, how can I be, if I am pro-life, how can I be uh, supportive of things like capital punishment? That's if you're pro-life, you're pro-life, right? Mm -hmm. That's a, um, well, I was going to say that's a great tie into the, the movie um, uh, Time to Kill, or is that what it's called? A Time to Kill, yes. Yeah, Time to Kill. The one movie um, I... The, I watched this um, last night. Uh, I watched A Time to Kill, which is one of the movies you recommended. Um, and I, I yes. guess now it's the transition to uh, now talking about some of the movies. 
Um, why, why also we might have to restart cause we're at seven minutes. It's going to kick us off in seven minutes. Um, <clears throat> but I, I guess I want to start this. Yeah. I don't have uh, zoom pro, unfortunately. Um, it may extend it. What, uh, I don't, normally at this point it'll say it extends it. Um, but, uh, what about that movie? Um, did you, why, uh, why did you choose that movie? Uh, what about that movie speaks to, to racism in America to you? Think about that movie. Think about that movie. Uh, a Time to Kill. It's uh, John Gresham uh, wrote the book, uh, and I just happened to have read the book before I saw the movie. But here we have um, we have a number of viewpoints that are going on to that movie. Um, uh, a man's daughter is raped, is is raped and brutalized, um, and the father, an African, the African American father decides that he's going to mete out justice. And it's really about the, the legal battle uh, 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 that uh, when Sam Jackson is arrested and, and put on trial uh, for, for shooting uh, a white police officer. And so you've got the, you've got the perspective of Samuel L. Jackson, uh, the grieving father, incarcerated, your father, you got the uh, the attorney, uh, uh, the the white attorney, uh, who chooses to defend him uh, against the the white prosecutor, Kevin Spacey, um, uh, who who um, has the case against him, and, and a white judge in a southern in a southern town. Um, and you have to ask yourself: Is the father justified? Is the father? Some folks have said that the father was angry. No, the father was defending his family, his daughter. He went back and he shot the perpetrators, and in the in and in shooting the perpetrators, he um, he he wounded a uh, a police officer. And the the turning scene is the is the is the argument that um, the lawyer, the attorney requires everyone in the courtroom to close their eyes and he tells the story. Now, he didn't say, you know, that this little girl was black, but he said, imagine this little girl was white. And suddenly, there was a different perspective, not only from the jurors, but from the witnesses, the spectators, and from the judge. Um, so what do we value? Um, and it seems almost, almost tailor-made to, to what we are experiencing today. Let's just imagine that uh, uh, Mr. Arbery down in Bainbridge, Georgia was not black, but was white running through a black neighborhood and was shot. We can only imagine what the response would be. Imagine that uh, George Lloyd was not black, but was white and was choked out by a black law enforcement officer. Where would we be today? Now, we don't know, but we can imagine what it would be like based upon what we've experienced in the past. I thought that movie was a great movie um, and I almost didn't include it in my list because 
you asked about the African-American or the Black Lives Matter perspective. Uh, and there's been a lot of energy around uh, not accepting what Black Lives Matter advocates say about what they mean. Can you imagine that, Sam? If you told somebody something and they said, well, no, that's not what you mean. You mean something else. You huh. know what you mean, right? It's one of the most annoying things. Uh... Black Lives Matter said. <laughs> so, um, and almost didn't include it in my list because I didn't want to include a movie where um, you see a lot of movies that have strong, strong uh, racial, uh, uh, social significance uh, have a, it's told, it's told from the perspective of a white savior. And that could have easily been the white attorney. But if you look deeper into that movie, it's about something else. I thought, um, so we, I we, have, that. we have two minutes left, but I, I want to, I, I, I thought it was, I, I didn't realize that until watching the, the very end. Um, I was thinking it was kind of a, a white savior movie until he said like Samuel L. Jackson, the, the father, um, says the line how about like you're one of them and that was kind of the turning point for me where i saw that this was this was not really where i thought it was going it it it, it racism wasn't solved in this movie um it no it was it was just kind of pointing at it yeah i i, I was going to say that was a great catch sam because you know he went on to say samuel l jackson's character went on to say you look at me as a black man you don't look at me as a man, you look at me as a black man. And really, it changed the uh, perspective of, uh, of the attorney in that moment. Yes, uh, A Time to Kill, uh, that is, that, after seeing a few clips and hearing you guys talk about it, I very much need to watch that. Also, I love all the, all the people in it. Um, Chris Cooper, who's very underrated um, as an actor. Yeah, Chris, Chris Cooper. Sandra Bullock, um, and you know we didn't we haven't talked about Sandra Bullock's character. Um, for for me, you know it, it 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 illustrates that when a person decides to take a stand, they can they have to accept the risk they take as well. And and uh, and she does take the risk, um, and sometimes you know it's it's not Pollyanna. It it could be real life. Um, so I like that. I really like that movie. I, I, I do also really, you should really watch that movie, Zach. Um, um, but from a, a different, uh, so in Philadelphia, that was another movie uh, that you, you said you very much enjoyed. That is Denzel Washington's character representing a, a gay man who, or at least that's, that's the, he's a lawyer, but he's kind of, he has mm -hmm. AIDS, Tom Hanks. So yes. what is it? What is, that's that was set in 1990 around the I mean at the time it was made, mm -hmm. um, directed by um, Demi Jonathan Demi, yes, mm -hmm. uh, most known for directing an episode of Columbo, um, and Silence of the Lambs. But um, what is it about uh, Philadelphia that um, you very much enjoy? Also, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, and I tell this story a lot was the movie I did not want to see. I didn't want to see Philadelphia. I did not want to see Philadelphia. Uh, and I had to come to grips with my 
my homophobia. I, I, I admit that freely now. But at the time, it was just like, I, I, I don't know if I want to see a movie about AIDS. And, and that has become another favorite of mine. I may watch Philadelphia once a year. Um, and, and that's saying a lot about me because the only movie I watch once a year routinely is The Godfather. For me, The Godfather is the greatest movie ever filmed. But we, we, uh, we uh, let's stay I remember, focused. I remember, yeah, yeah. I remember Philadelphia. That was up on here. Now, is watching it in the night, I mean, AIDS was a, was, that was a, an 80s, I mean, it still happened, but that, like, when it really hit, that was the, was that, that was the 80s and the 90s and early 2000s. So it was kind of. Uh, yeah, Philadelphia, really, I, I think Philadelphia was released in 83, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Oh my! It was ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah. So yeah, ninety three. You're exactly right. Um, here's the thing about Philadelphia. Um, Joe's character, Denzel's character, um, is uh, it, it's riveting to see his him progress from where he starts the movie to where he ends the movie. And for me, it reflects the the. Um, um, the reality of the black community around the issue of AIDS, around the issue of, of gay, uh, uh, LGBT issues. Um, the black community, generally speaking, uh, and historically speaking, has been a fairly conservative community. Um, you know, uh, the, the church, the black church is, is huge. Uh, uh, issues of morality are huge. Uh, family issues are huge, and this hits all the buttons, all the buttons, and you can see it portrayed in Denzel Washington's character. Uh, character. Um, he meets he meets Tom Hanks's character first. You know, they're they're jovial, collegial. The next time he sees him, um, Tom Hanks is is clearly ill, uh, and when he finds when when Joe Denzel's character. Uh, meets uh, uh, meets him this, the second time, he actually recoils from him. He recoils from him. Uh, and it's the scene in the library that really turns uh, the, 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 the screws on Denzel uh, around justice because he sees how um, Tom Hanks's character is treated as Tom is researching his case in the library. And he decides in that moment uh, to join his uh, his his uh, his team, and he still has to he has to navigate his his feelings, his his upbringing, his his biases uh, throughout the entire film uh, with his wife. Uh, when he finds out that uh, that a cousin, one of her cousins, is gay, that he did not know, uh, and then he. And then somebody mistakes him in, in, in a convenience store for being gay. Uh, they're just so, that, that, that performance is so rich. Um, now, Tom, Tom, you know, got all the accolades for that film. Um, didn't, win an, didn't win an award? I believe that was his first Oscar yeah. um, for Forrest Gump. Yeah. Um, I wonder but if, if you uh, watched it, Denzel was nominated. If you, Huh? If you watch that movie uh, 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 over and again, you will see things that'll pop out at you, and you wonder 
How did I miss that the first time? How did I miss that? You know, when you think about how Denzel starts the movie, uh, and then toward the end of the movie, he actually gives Tom Hanks oxygen to breathe. You know, we had talked about proximity, and that that's an, an ultimate example of how proximity can change your perspective and your life. I love that movie. That, I wonder, it, so the, the way I see Philadelphia, it kind of, well, I would say it is through the perspective of Denzel Washington, because you do, I mean, you have Tom Hanks, but at a certain point, the Tom Hanks character becomes kind of on the, you see Denzel Washington seeing Tom Hanks, like seeing what is happening to Tom Hanks. We still get glimpses, but um, the, the change, the I mean, you have Tom Hanks's change physically, uh, but you have Denzel Washington's like, Oh, psychiatric, like psychological change. Because you're right. Yes, when I absolutely. think of his, the beginning is he's kind of a, uh, um, you know, an advertisement lawyer. You know, he's got the the whole catchphrase of like treat treat me like I'm a five year old or whatever. Um, explain well, he's it a to me like he's a he's a personal injury lawyer. Mm. He's yes. a personal injury lawyer. Uh, so he, he sees it as like a huge money, and then. Yeah, throughout the whole film, you kind of see that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I recommend that movie. I was wondering um, when you were talking about uh, about how this is a this is the kind of film that like depicts uh, African-Americans um, and how they don't really uh, like LGBT or it's the more conservative. I was wondering, when do you think in like cinema history, movies started depicting uh, African-Americans as more realistic? Um, like, do you remember a time in which like there you, you started seeing more of a shift to, cause I feel like uh, around like the sixties um, besides like a few here and there, it was a little bit more cartoonish. It was not really serious. Was, what, when do you think you started seeing that switch? 1967, in the heat of the night. 1967, in the heat of the night, the slap scene. Mm. That changed. That changed movies forever. That's, and if you remember the scene, he's 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 interrogating uh, or questioning a a uh, a local bigwig in this southern town. The guy feels uh, insulted, slaps Sydney, and without hesitation, Sydney slaps him back. Mm. Now he could have been arrested. He could have been shot. But the sheriff who's standing right there doesn't do a thing. And if you continue to watch that scene, um, there's a butler there. There's a butler there as they walk out and he looks at Sidney's character, looks back at his boss, shakes his head and turns around. Changed mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, do you remember seeing that? Did you see that in theaters when it came out? I, I did. I did. Matter of fact, I yeah. saw it. I was, I was in the military theater when I saw it. What and, was the re and it, the response? Mm -hmm. There was an audible gasp in the theater. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> that's movie experience right there. That's a movie experience. If you 
If you have never seen a film in a troop theater on an army base with, with, with troops that are going through basic training, it, 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 is, a, it is an experience in itself. Oh, I don't yeah. even know if you can have that movie going experience anymore. I saw the God, I mean, I saw uh, the graduate in a troop theater. It, it was a, it was, it was, it was great. What, what makes it, the, oh. oh, I was just wondering what, what makes uh, um, a military viewing experience, what is it kind of more just like, this is the first time you get to kind of relax? Is that what yes. makes it more? And, yeah, they've gone through a full day of, of, of training. They get to the, they, you know, they get a pass, go to the movie. And, it, and it, uh, it's experiential. They laugh out loud. They clap out loud. They cheer out loud. They gasp out loud. It was just a It's what movie, uh, a movie-going experience mm -hmm. should be. Mm -hmm. Amen. I totally agree with that. The last movie I saw in theater, people were walking out, going, like, talking on their cell phone. Hey. Yeah. So but, you're uh, telling going, me going, uh, going back to what you said, so you mentioned uh, The Graduate. Uh, I have a book recommendation for you, uh, oh. Reed, because uh, you said uh, The Graduate and, um, um, and The it's Heat called, of the Night. I have it there right you, here. That's it. <laughs> it's called uh, Pictures at a Revolution. It's about yeah. the year. Oh, do you know this? Have you heard of this book? No, I haven't heard of this book. Okay, it's uh, it's about um, the year 1967 and the movies that were all going to the Oscars at the time. Uh, so uh, I got it right in here. In the heat it, of the night. Yeah, it's it's the whole book title is called Pictures at a Revolution: Five Movies and the Birth of a New Hollywood. That's Bonnie and Clyde, The Graduate, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, In the Heat of the Night, and of course, uh, Doctor Doolittle. And um, that I mean that those are some of those movies are some of the most transformational movies in. Cinema. Oh, they are, and I yeah. I think I saw them all except Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> but if you remember, yeah, just, but if you but if you remember the Academy Awards in 1968 were were um, were uh, delayed because that was around the time that uh, M.L. Martin Luther King got was assassinated. Mm -hmm. And if you go back and you and you watch some um, some film clips from that, there were some there were some speeches from the dais that were just absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. They uh, they do talk about it a little bit and. Well, they talk about it, the whole, like, it, it kind of like the culmination is the Oscars. Um, yeah. But I think that would, that's, that's a book recommendation. It, it was a really, I finished it uh, kind of recently. Um, but going back to our topic, um, In the Heat of the Night, I was, I rewatched it. Um, I remember I watched it when I was in, um, I was, I don't know, in, in middle school or something. And then I rewatched it again as an adult. And it really hit me more so how honest it was for the 60s like I remember it was like this is from the 60s it felt so uh raw in a way that I, yeah. I feel like most 60s films it was it's they're either uh people of color are just not either not featured or they're featured as like comedic features or uh, yes. comedic characters yes. or the racism is just kind of like lightly sprinkled on and this was like yes. hard, like even more so than 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 a lot of films today. Um, it's it's a it's a really great movie, um, but also it's pretty hardcore. Uh, tying that into another recommendation that you you sent, um, 
is the one that we actually uh, uh, we hadn't haven't watched yet. But the same director who directed in the Heat of the Night is the same director who did uh, a Soldier Story. Uh, do you want to yes. talk a little bit about that that movie? Oh man, did you know that a Soldier Story uh, that Columbia, I think it was Columbia, uh, uh, kept rejecting it, and they and they and they finally decided to only finally decided to actually uh, produce the, the film when the director said he wouldn't be paid. And they oh, cast, wow. they, and, and they cast, the actors they cast um, were not film actors. They were, they were all that came from the, uh, the Broadway, the Broadway play. Out of Adolf Caesar, who played the Sarge was, was, you know, had that, had that same role on Broadway. Denzel Washington, I think that might have been his second movie. Wow. He wasn't cow. even a star yet. Yeah, I'm, yeah this, I'm this came second. out 80, uh, 84. So yeah, it was yeah. fairly yeah. Um, So I think it was Denzel's second movie. Um, you know, his second really feature movie. Um, that story, that, that, uh, that, that film resonated with me. Um, mostly because of my military background. You know, I could really, um, I could really uh, get to the, the, you know, the, the setting, you know, the military post, um, the uniforms. Uh, and to me, it was a representation of when my father was in the military, you know, because he was in, he was in a segregated military. Uh, he was in the military before, the, you know, they, they integrated the armed forces. Uh, so yeah, you know the, the you know they got a murder uh, on an army base in the south. Uh, they send a uh, an investigator who happens to be a black officer, and there were very few black officers in the army at the time. Um, and um, and he goes through the the process of investigating and interviewing uh, not only the black troops because it's a it's a black unit on this installation. Uh, led by white officers, uh, but he also um, interrogates and, and questions uh, white officers. Um, and um, with a trick ending, you know, with a really trick ending. Um, Denzel puts in a fabulous performance um, as, uh, what was it, Sar Private, Private, what was his name? Uh, Private First Class Peterson. There you go, Private First Class Peterson. Um, that movie explored a lot of different things. Yeah, racism, uh, segregation, um, you know, issues of class, uh, because there was tension between, you know, uh, um, the white officers and enlisted men. Um, uh, and also uh, the issue that is very, uh, very seldom uh, discussed uh, self-hate, um, mm. you know, in, in, in the race. Um, and, and the famous line is, uh, they still hate you, uh, continues to resonate, uh, in my head. Mm. Adolf Caesar, um, really, um, portrayed a, an excellent part in that, in that movie. You start to, you, you, you come, you hate him, you hate him until, Toward the end of the movie, you start to empathize with him in a strange sort of way. Hmm. But I know the last movie on my list was uh, Fences, 
Uh, and that oh. was filmed in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. filmed August in Pittsburgh. Wilson. And uh, August Wilson um, is yes. buried uh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, August, he, August Wilson's from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's Denzel Washington again. You know, Denzel, there's a recurring theme <laughs> in my recommendations. I, I, I was probably going to bring this up eventually, but yeah, uh, the other movies you have are uh, Glory. Great movie, yes. the single tier, yeah. um, and Malcolm X, which is mm. that's an yeah. epic movie. I gotta say, that's that's Spike Lee's best movie. I would, I was gonna say, I mean, I I do enjoy the the do the right things and uh, do the right thing in twenty fifth hour, but I would say Malcolm X is like his Ben Hur in the sense of in its scale, in its scope. And the characters. Um, what about um? So yeah, go ahead, read. So so let me ask you a question. You you saw Malcolm X. Um, did your opinion of Malcolm X change from the time you walked in to the time that you ended that movie? Um, it it more it didn't it it only changed in the sense that I had I now understood where he was coming from. I. I think I was, I was not really, I didn't know too much about him. I, I knew about that he was an activist, but he was maybe a little bit more, um, uh, more aggressive with, not in the, he had a different philosophy of, of Martin Luther King uh, Jr. So this movie to me, I like, I, I appreciate, I understood it more uh, where he was coming they from. Sort of- they sort of started off uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King as polar opposites. Uh, mm-hmm. And by the time that uh, Malcolm was, was assassinated, um, they kind of met in the middle. Mm-hmm. Right. Because think about it. It, it, at the end in, in the life, he wasn't, wasn't, was he, and it, please, it, I may be wrong about this, but he was, Malcolm X was, um, kind of like he was not was he starting to not push his that kind of like let's not it was more like peace like peaceful peaceful I, like I, well he was never not, yeah he was I just well, he was never violent he was, no, he, yeah. his, his rhetoric was toned down his he toned his rhetoric down he realized that that he had uh uh assimilated a a, a um a form of of um uh, um like a group want to use. Or, um a form of the muslim religion that mm. was was extreme mm-hmm. right and because it took, the, it took his tri- it took his trip his visit to mecca to to understand uh, the folly of his ways and he was changing probably one of the things that got him uh, that got him killed no, you said that, that that, in your opinion, is uh, uh, Spike Lee's best film. Why, comparing, I guess, naturally to do the right thing, why would you say uh, sure. you prefer uh, Malcolm X more so than uh, do the right thing? Because of the impact it had on people. Um, again, it was a movie that I wasn't sure that I wanted to see in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I saw people leaving the theater uh, mm. That evening, in tears, oh, white people, okay. mm. and anything uh, 
that that has a profound effect on individuals for the positive, uh, I tend to to elevate. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's his best film, but it's it, 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 it's certainly one of his best. You know, yeah. from 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 every aspect, cinematography, from pacing, uh, uh, the the level of the acting. You know, Angela Bassett and 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 uh, uh, the actors that were uh, that were in that film, uh, I think did an excellent job. And that is another one that that uh, requires multiple multiple viewings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely. I actually, I this the I actually read the the book before I read uh, I watched the movie. Um, mm-hmm. It was actually. I I, watched, I read the book probably way too young. I read it when I was in fifth grade, and I didn't really know who Malcolm X was until I read the autobiography. Um, yeah. So I always thought of him as just this very complicated man. Um, yeah. And um, and I I was I more like our, our mom always liked us to read books before we like watched a movie if it was like kind of violent. So that's part of the I reason agree. why I did it. Um, so it was kind of uh, cool, like just seeing the parallels between the books and the and how how much he he really did capture um, his autobiography. Um, but before we, because we I think we only have about like five minutes left, I want to talk about the movie, um, the most recent of the movies that you recommend you, know, you said uh, is Twelve Years a Slave, uh, which yes. came out in two thousand and twelve. Um, yes. Why? Uh, what about that movie? Um, I mean, it's fairly obvious, but uh, from your perspective, what about that movie? Um, That's a tough movie. I've only seen that movie once, but I have that movie in my collection. Hmm. Um, one day, and it may be soon, I'm going to pull it back out and watch it again. Uh, I'll be emotional at that movie, uh, uh, at, the, uh, at the betrayal of an injustice to a human being. Uh, who was stolen, who was kidnapped and placed in the, in the slavery. And I just can't imagine um, what that could be like. I almost did not put that on my list, you know, for, for you know, the same reasons around the white savior. Uh, but, but I did, uh, because I look at the, the role uh, that, um, that, uh, uh, some of the white actors played and 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 I tried to to place myself in their shoes in terms of the time um, a lot of times people say well why didn't they just leave well they couldn't leave well why didn't more people help well they were killing people that helped um, it was a brutal time and I don't think that we any of us understand the the nature of that sort of brutality um it seems like it's unthinkable but it is unthinkable i watched i watched the movie um 13th by ava duverney about the the it's a documentary about the prison system and it almost put that on there it well why didn't you well because it's a documentary okay Fair. That's right. well, we're, we're probably running out of time, but uh, I thought it was interesting how it ended because it has to do kind of with what you were talking about, how um, people always say how like they they don't know um, how people could have lived back then. Like, why didn't people do anything? Um, but there's injustices happening every day now um, that in the future, you know, people might be saying the same thing. Um, yeah. But 
yeah, I don't know. 13th is a great recommendation. I think anybody that has not seen 13th owes it to themselves uh, to see it. Ava did a fantastic, it, it, it is. Uh, and it, uh, it's an unflinching look at, um, at uh, and ties it to, to our current time. I think we live at a time that we'll look back in history and, and we'll say that was a time. If things don't change, we'll say that was a time we should have changed. But if things do begin to change, we'll mark that time as a turning point. Mm -hmm. um, it feels so much like uh, how I felt uh, the morning of 9-11, when I knew in the moment that our world and our lives had changed. Uh, even then, I, I remember remarking that I don't know what's gonna, what it's going to look like in the future, but it's not going to look like what it looks like now. Hmm. And it doesn't. It doesn't. Do you, but before we wrap up, um, do you feel optimistic or do you feel pessimistic or do you feel somewhere in the, in the middle? About I feel cautiously optimistic because I know what sort of energy and work it's going to take uh, to start the process of, um, of uh, building equity in our society. Um, there's no way we should continue. We should be acting this way uh, with each other. Um, there's just so much uh, that is so wrong uh, that we need a course correction um, and really face the, the ills of our society and do something about them. We just gotta, we've got to decide to do it. We can do whatever we want to. I mean, Elon Musk just put people on the International Space Station. The guy that was building electric cars. Come on. <laughs> we, we could do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a good example. Uh, very powerful. Um, sorry we couldn't get to all of your movies. Um, That's okay. That's okay. There is obviously so much more we could have gotten into, uh, but I think we, we definitely did a little bit more and skim the surface. I think we went a little bit deeper. Uh, so thanks. Thank you so much, Reed, for coming on. Um, Thank you so thanks much. For the thanks for the opportunity, guys. It's been, a, it's yeah. been a pleasure talking to you. You're always welcome back on if you ever want to talk about movies or just want to chat. Sorry, right. You know where to get me. Mm -hmm. I do. You I do know how to reach me. My best thanks. to you. My best to you folks. My best to you. All right. Bye, Reed. Goodbye, Bye -bye. Reed. Goodbye, folks at home, too. Stay clean, Spider-Man. That's our call. <laughs>